Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 117, continuing our journey through the Gospels. Love it. Today we are titling this episode, A Girl Restored, A Woman Healed. All right. That's, two, I, again, two stories. We're two gonna stories, absolutely. Uh, so I, so I, I know, I know this will sound morbid, um, but uh, here's the question: What epitaph would you like on your tombstone? What, you know, oh. what, what would you like written on your tombstone as? Okay, I have never thought about this before, so this is really going to be off the top of my head. Uh people really well i guess they do not you don't some always people, have, have little do. phrases yep. okay the first thing that comes to my mind and actually i thought of the well, I, like, not I'm related so to my sorry. tombstone i'm so sorry well <laughs> yes i'll just fill some words here no um i did think of this yes so yesterday in our strategic leader meeting pastor jack referenced and he was not referencing the steve green song but it's find us faithful yeah it's like a 90s uh christian song Something he he used the phrase "find us faithful." There, that song was actually in our wedding. It's oh wow! Pretty, it is pretty cheesy. I can totally <laughs> say that now, but the words are powerful. So I think that something about now, I guess if it's on my tombstone, found faithful, maybe something like that. Okay, all right. Because that again, was something it's... with. I mean, the words are. <laughs> the words were very impactful to us at the time, and that was what we wanted to kind of set the course for our marriage and our lives that we would be found faithful. So that's, and, and I would, I would tell you, go with that. And, and I would tell you there is, there is no cheese factor uh, there <laughs> because when I look at your life, I do see you as faithful, oh. faithful over the things that the, the, the things that God has given you faithful over your family, your children. Okay. Again, we're not talking about perfection, but we are talking Definitely about not. <laughs> Definitely not. We are talking about faithfulness and i see that so 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 right. so i do not i do not count that as cheesy <laughs> by any by any means um i think for me um and and i think this is kind of in the stream that we're living in as you know as a church we're trying to bolster and create a culture of disciple making he was a disciple and he made disciples. Mm. And that's, that's, and you know, you talk about cheese. Uh, it's like, okay, this is, this is what, what Jesus is calling us to. He's calling yeah. us to be faithful and he's calling us to be faithful over being disciples and making disciples. And, um, and so I, I, I think that would be something that I would want. Probably it would have to be said to today yeah. about you. That's for sure. So. Well, well, why are we talking about this? Because I think the um, stories that we're going to take a look at today, and we're taking we're taking taking a look at two stories. Mm -hmm. I believe they if I believe if they had to write something on their tombstones, or if someone was going to write on their tombstones, one would probably be, "I was a uh, I was chronically ill for twelve years, and then one day um, I was healed. Jesus healed me." And then on another the other uh, story. Um, the, that, that was, we're going to get into these stories. Um, young girl would say I was dead, literally dead. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I got my life back because Jesus spoke life into me. So, so that's, that's shocking. That's, that's like, like, wow. Yeah. 
you know, and and again, you talked the last last episode, we talked about the demoniac or the demoniac sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. And I believe these two individuals probably shared their stories as well. So mm-hmm. so we we're going to we're going to do something a little different. We've done this in other episodes. We're going to talk about the similarities and the differences, and then we're going to come back and unpack mm-hmm. uh, both the stories because the stories are so intertwined with one another. I mean, they literally they, are. They, like they, yeah, literally. The one interrupts the exactly. other one. Exactly. But I think we're going to talk to completion. Are we kind of fully the yep. Jairus' yep. daughter first? Okay. Absolutely. So, but similarities and differences. Similarities yes. and differences. So there, there are... Um, a number of similarities, and we can kind of play off each other with some of the similarities. Both of these are females, mm-hmm. okay? Um, 12, the number 12 is connecting these um, these two individuals. One is 12 years old, the little girl, and then the woman was sick for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And so we see this sense of 12 kind of connecting. Any other similarities you see? Uh, well, we see desperation. Absolutely. In both. Now, it's a little different desperation, but the the woman has been sick, who's been sick for 12 years. She is desperate just to touch the edge of Jesus's cloak. Yeah. And for the father, Jairus, he he goes to Jesus because he's like, I, I can't do anything else. I, I am at the end. There's nothing. I need help. So Absolutely. we see desperation in both of them. And then we see some differences. Mm-hmm. Um, we see some differences. One is a little girl. One is a woman. Um, the father comes be, uh, on behalf of his daughter. So um, Jairus comes on behalf of his daughter, but the woman comes on behalf of herself. So again, a little little difference, a uh, little difference there. Um, one was sick, and the other was dead. So, um, so we see a big, big difference there. Yeah. Uh, any other differences? So, um, in the one. The person is healed by Jesus touching them. He touches Jairus's daughter. She's yep. raised to life. In the other case, the bleeding woman, she touches Jesus. Absolutely. Touching in both, but it's a, initiated in the opposite way. Also, when he raises her, he there's speaking involved. Yeah. Um, the bleeding woman, the healing portion, he has a conversation with her later, but the healing is just through touch. Absolutely. So we also see um, probably this sense of poverty. The woman, I believe, was poor. She spent all she had. Mm-hmm. Um, she was um, unclean, so she's probably not working. Um, so she is um, she is poor. But Jairus's daughter, Jairus and his daughter, um, to be in that position, they're wealthy. So, so we we see this strata between the two and how Jesus shows up in both their lives. There is nothing. There is no economic status. There is no um, ethnic status. There is no color status that can keep Jesus from showing up in um, in a person's life. And so he. He abridges all strata, no matter where we where we find ourselves. All right, so those are some similarities and differences. So let's get into the let's get into the story itself and unpack the story. So um, so Jesus is um, so so uh, Jairus comes. He's he's a ruler, and he comes to Jesus, and he comes to Jesus for what reason? Because his daughter is very sick. Yep. And he need he's heard Jesus heals. He says, goes to Jesus, you 
you can help my daughter. Would you please come with me? Yeah. And he, what he does when he gets there, um, he kneels down before, before Jesus, recognizing, honoring and respecting. And I kind of like this little, this little connection. Here's a ruler bowing down before the ruler Mm -hmm. of the universe. Mm -hmm. And so there's this sense of, he recognizes the authority of Jesus and he kneels down before him showing honor uh, and uh, and respect. So he says, hey, listen, my daughter is sick. And you know, other another version says my daughter has died. Um, and so we, you know, again, there's no contradiction there. Yeah. Um, Mark, so- Mark has a little more detail. In, initially, he says she's sick. And then somebody comes while they're on their way and yeah. says she's actually died. Yeah. So. Okay, so it doesn't change the story. So Jesus, um, it's interesting that he he this man in a sense prays, and Jesus stoops down in a sense, metaphorically speaking, and he responds. Mm-hmm. The ruler of the universe actually responds to the request of a small R ruler. And I just love that, that 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 Jesus allows himself to fit into our world. And he says, Hey, listen, we see all the time. What is it that you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. And I love that you've referenced that a number of times in previous episodes. And, and Jesus is, is, is actually getting at the heart, our heart, our motivation. And the fact that he would, um, kind of stoop down yeah. and shrink himself to our size. I think it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I love in, well, in Mark, version. It's uh, chapter five, verse 36. Um, This is when some people come from the ruler's house and say, she's actually dead. Let's not bother the teacher anymore. Now, this part is not in the scripture, but I just, uh, Jesus says what it does say, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Yeah. And I picture eye to eye contact, like Jesus is looking right at him, Jairus. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Only believe. Yeah. And it makes me think of um, how Jesus' interaction with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. Like, yeah. don't look at the circumstances. Yeah. Look at me. I'm here. Yeah. And Jesus takes care of the storm. I, I feel like it's that same, I feel that same kind of intensity in that <laughs> sure, phrase. Of, sure. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Yeah. Don't look at the circumstances because that's just going to get us all churned up. Look at Jesus. And follow and, trust and, and don't listen. Don't listen to the outside noise. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like, OK, she's sick. Jesus can handle it. But now she's dead. Now that she's dead, the the ante is up mm-hmm. circum like like literally there's no reason for him to come now. Mm-hmm. And so so there's this sense where it moved from it's a possible thing to now that it's it's an impossible thing. And I think to your point, Jesus said, hey, listen, don't listen to the outside noise. You know, we have coaches to tell the players, don't listen to the outside noise. Mm-hmm. Just like keep it here. And um, and I love the fact that you highlight that point. Don't be afraid. Hey, don't, you know, don't work. Don't look at the circumstances. I- I'm still here. And if I can heal the sickness, I'm kind of letting you know, too, that I can heal the death or I can raise her from the dead as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so Jesus, they're 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 on their way. And I'm, I can imagine 
Jairus saying, you know, kind of hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go. And then something unusual happens. And while they're on their way, what happens? Um, a woman, this woman who's been had has been bleeding for 12 years, yeah. desperate, as we talked about at the beginning, financially, she would have been considered unclean because of this condition. But she believes if she just touches the edge of Jesus's cloak, she will be healed. Yeah. And she presses in, pushes through the crowd, touches him, and she is. She is immediately, immediately healed. Yes. Now, there's very something very interesting about um, this little, this, this part about her pressing through the crowd, trying to touch, um, touch his garment. Um, I believe she's trying to touch a, a particular part of his garment. Um, in, in, um, the Jewish context, um, men and, and women, they, uh, in this case, the rab rabbis, I should say, um, they wore these long cloaks and on the edge of the cloak, there were tassels on either on, uh, on all four corners. And these tassels are called wings. And so I believe she is trying to touch at least one of the wings. Hmm. Why? Because Hosea chapter 14, verse seven says that when Messiah comes, there would be healing in his wings. And so mm. there's this sense where she probably has heard the prophecies from Hosea and she is trying to get to one of the edge of the wing. So if she touches it by faith, she believes that there's healing. And not only is there healing in his wing, I, wings, she would declare that this is Messiah because mm -hmm. the prophecies actually proclaim and predict that when the Messiah comes, um, if you can just touch the edge of his garment, the wing of his garment, and you would be healed. Didn't even have to touch his person. Mm. Just touch the edge, touch the wing, and you would be healed. And so in this case, I believe her faith drives her to touch a particular portion of his garment because she believes that he's Messiah. And, and it actually was confirmed. She touches the edge, she touches the wing, and immediately the bleeding stops. She is healed. And so there's this sense where it's more than just the healing that's taking place. Mm -hmm. It is a declaration of her faith and belief in Jesus as Messiah, which I just absolutely, absolutely love. Mm -hmm. So, And you know, I love those word things like that. And there's <laughs> another one in this passage in the fact. So after he, Jesus heals her, then he wants to, he tries to figure, he wants to figure out who touched yeah, me. Yeah. He wants to engage her on a personal level. And when he speaks to her, he calls her daughter, yeah. which this is the only time in all of the gospels where Jesus calls someone daughter, which I think is so powerful because, uh, he recognized there was more that she needed than just physical healing. Absolutely. She was also desperate for emotional, relational healing. She'd been considered unclean for Absolutely. 12 years and he restores that to her as well. Yeah. Love so, that. I think Love that's that. Super, super cool. So he heals her mm -hmm. and now he resumes his trip, his journey um, to Jairus's house. 
and um, and he gets there and he says something, which again, I, I, I wonder if I'm in the crowd that would laugh him to scorn. Mm-hmm. She's not dead. She's only asleep. And I'm, and, and I'm just wondering, I, I don't know, maybe my faith wouldn't have been strong enough to say, Jesus, like, she's not breathing. Put your finger under her nose. Her heart is not beating. She is not breathing. No, she's dead. And so they laugh him to scorn when he says that. And and then he kicks them out of the room, mm-hmm. which I... I it, I believe with, with 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 Jairus as well as the rest of his family, I think Jesus is communicating something. It takes faith to be in this room. Hmm. And if you are laughing hmm. about what's about to happen, then you're going to impact Jairus and his family. And it might touch, it might kind of put a ding on their faith. So so no, I I need to kick you out of the room. We need people who truly, truly trust in the power of God in this moment. And if I'm sick, I want people that really, really trust God Mm -hmm. to not only be praying for me, but to be in the room, uh, to be in the room as well, faithing for me Mm -hmm. uh, in this moment. So, Mm -hmm. um, Wow, I never thought about that. Like, I like that, though. I think that is, that really is, that rings true. Um, And the people, they they miss out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on on what being a part of what God was going to do there. I mean, they hear about it later, but yeah, that's their own. Yeah. They missed out yeah. on uh, experiencing God in a way, in a, in a new way. Yeah. I think it's interesting in Luke's version of telling this story, um, verse 80 or Luke eight, verse 55, Luke, we, um, you want to know is a doctor and he mentions in this, that her spirit returned, Yeah, yeah. which I just think that's kind of interesting from a medical perspective. There was a recognition on his part. Yep. Her body, um, was dead, but her spirit was alive. And that is what is actually brings life is her spirit returning. And, and she was yeah. restored to life. Just I, to- I, I, no, I love that insight because here we have Luke is, you know, he's again, a previous episode, we, he's writing this, he's researched this, he's investigated this mm-hmm. as a, as a, a, as a researcher, but also as a medical doctor. And, and, and he's, as a medical doctor, he knows when someone is dead and when someone comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And yet he's the one that writes this down mm-hmm. that he, she, no, she was dead. She was it's not dead, dead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that she, that Jesus actually spoke and said, little girl, arise. And as you mentioned, her spirit came back, life came back into her body. And there was this sense of, 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 again, the, this recognition of Jesus's authority over sickness, one story and over death in this story. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can truly trust not only our physical bodies, we can trust our spirits uh, to Jesus as well. So I, I love I love these two stories the way they're intertwined. Yeah. Um, any any other insights that you? No, those are the those are the key ones. There's lots of good little <laughs> word nuggets in this yeah. in these passages. I love that. So what can we believe about um, God, and what can we believe about ourselves? Yeah, I think for God in Jesus we see His compassion Mm. and 
and a personal compassion. Hmm. Like in both of these situations, he is walking, you know, with this father who's desperate and he's, he's walking shoulder to shoulder with him. I, I know it doesn't say they have eye contact, when he says <laughs> that phrase, but I can't, I just have to think that he did like, and, and for the woman, he wasn't satisfied with just physically healing her. Yeah. Um, he pursued that personal reaction, personal interaction. And that's true for us. Yeah. He yeah. is compassionate and he is personally compassionate. He knows us, sees us and wants that relationship with each of us. So yeah. I guess that's true for Jesus and that's true for us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that is available to us. Yeah. I think for me, what what we can uh, believe about uh, Jesus in this moment is that uh, he is interruptible. Hmm. Um, he he is interruptible and um, he does go at the pace of love and <laughs> and he is interruptible and um, your need doesn't prevent him from seeing and meeting my need. Mm-hmm. And my need doesn't prevent him um, meeting my need doesn't uh, prevent him from meeting your need. Hmm. And in this moment, we see um, an, an interruption that might not even probably on Jesus's schedule. I heard this someplace, maybe wasn't an interruption at all, but was a part of the plan all along because that's, that's who he was. So, so that Jesus is interruptible. And I love that. I don't ever have to feel like I'm, um, barging in and that he's too busy for me. Um, I think for me is, um, what I can believe about me, or at least the invitation is, um, you know, am I, am I desperate enough? Hmm. Am I desperate enough to crawl on the ground, you know, to, to touch his garment? Uh, am I desperate enough to kneel before him and recognize him as the, as the ruler over sickness, uh, who has authority over death? And, um, and I want to have that kind of desperation, um, and yeah, so, so that's what we can believe about Jesus. He's interruptible yeah. and yeah. about us that he invites us to be um, desperate, yeah. um, to, um, to be bold in our faith. There is a lot of good nuggets in this, in this passage. And, and so, friends, we encourage you, um, dig into these scripture passages and have a spiritual conversation with someone else this week. 